0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of, Drumroll, please, Zach and EJ Talk Sports. I'm EJ, and this is Zach, and today we're going to be talking a little NFL, some playoff teams on the bubble. We're going to be looking at the Major League Baseball best hitters. Zach has a list of who he considers to be the 50 best hitters in Major League Baseball, and we're going to kind of go over that list. And then we're going to finish up with a little NBA. Talking about early season surprises. So let's kick off quickly by talking about last night's absolute beatdown of the Falcons by the New England Patriots.
1: So last night, the Patriots won 25-0. And to hold any team to zero points is just, it's crazy. The Falcons are missing their top receiver, and Cordell Patterson. I don't know what position you would classify him as. But he's been their all-around best offensive player so far this year. They were missing both of them. But the Patriots defense was in lockdown. We got a bunch of picks. We were getting to the quarterback. They just couldn't move the ball. And then Mac Jones continues to get better and better. Beginning of the season, it was a bit shaky, but he makes the smart football play every time. He threw for about 200 yards. He threw one touchdown and one pick. The pick, it was just a bad throw into coverage, but he played a phenomenal game. Our rushing uh, attack is very balanced. Damian Harris... Stevenson both of them ran for like 50 yards uh in receiving wise we had multiple multiple players with 20 yards it's just like an all-around balanced offense
0: well last time we did the podcast I um I think I got the Falcons wrong I mean I feel like at that point they were a team that seemed to be scrappy and heading in the right direction but the last couple weeks they have gotten absolutely obliterated, and and last night was was just a beatdown. I mean, they gave up four sacks, four interceptions. Um, they were held to four, to forty yards rushing. I'm pretty sure I could probably rush for forty yards. Well, maybe not against that Patriots defense last night. And only 125 yards passing. And there was even a Josh Rosen sighting when they pulled Matt Ryan out, which was probably a mercy pull out because he was yeah. he was just getting destroyed. And Josh Rosen threw a pick six. Okay. Well, I mean, as a Dolphins fan, I saw that, and I'm sure Cardinals <laughs> fans can probably also uh, recollect that happening when Josh Rosen was under center for them as well. But that kind of tied into where we left off last time when we were talking about the NFL, contenders and pretenders. And, you know, before we get to our picks, we can now kind of start looking at the NFL playoff picture, which we're starting to see, you know, round into shape a little bit. And I'm curious as to right now who you feel the bubble teams, which bubble teams in the NFL, we'll start with the AFC, have the best chance of of making the playoffs, and we'll also kind of incorporate into this conversation which teams right now have suffered the biggest loss injury-wise, because this is that point in the season too where injuries start to really show up and and make an impact on a, on a team's performance. I mean, you know, I guess you can argue that that happens the whole entire season. However, Right now is really where, you know, teams start to feel it as, you know, all the players are dinged and bruised and beaten up. And, you know, teams are either able to, you know, surmount, you know, certain key injuries or they're starting to fall victim to them. As we're seeing what happened to Carolina Panthers with San Darnold, who at first we thought was, you know, just really playing very poorly, but actually, you know, had a had a cracked shoulder. But let's start with the AFC and your thoughts on the AFC.
1: I feel like the AFC is the more balanced conference. The NFC is very top-heavy, and I feel like the AFC has a lot of teams that are, like, really, really solid teams. Uh, out of the teams on the bubble, even though they took a beat down by the Patriots last week, I think the Browns could still potentially make the playoffs. Just their defense, Miles Garrett is still the defensive player of the year so far, uh, and their defense is good. Baker Mayfield, I trust Baker Mayfield uh even without Odell Beckham. He's always played better without him. Didn't show last week. But they still have good receivers. They obviously have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I think they'll be fine. I think they'll definitely push for the playoffs if not make it.
0: Well one of my teams that I had said I felt was a um a sleeper contender was the Bengals. And I really wanna ride the Bengals, you know, out, but, you know, looking at their schedule they start this week with the Raiders, then they play Pittsburgh, which is always going to be a tough game in that conference. Then they play the Chargers, Niners, Broncos, Ravens, Chiefs, and then finish with the Browns. So that's that's a real tough that's a real tough schedule. Um, as far as the Browns go, I mean Baker Mayfield is like is like a walking mass unit right now. He's taken an absolute pounding uh, with the shoulder problem and now a knee. The Raiders are kind of heading in the wrong direction. Uh, The team that I was ready to write off and have been actually saying I felt was a pretender all along are the Colts. But they may be in the best position right now to sneak in. They have a very big game uh, this week. uh, But their schedule from here out, and let's pull it up and and take a look. So obviously this week they're playing the Bills. And they do actually match up well with the Bills. Mm -mm. Um, I think the Bills will win. Then they play the Bucks who have kind of been a mixed bag right now. And, um, with the new Antonio Brown, um, you know, news to come to light, who knows what his, um, what his status will be with, you know, getting caught with the, uh, the fake vaccination card, but, uh, they go and they, they're going to play Tampa Bay. Then they play Houston. Then they play the Patriots, the Cardinals, the Raiders, the Jags, the Panthers up oh, the Raiders, Jags, and they finish with the Jags. Um, they have, out of all these teams right now, I like their defense the best. So while it pains me to say this, I feel that the team that is on the bubble that has the best chance of sneaking in in the AFC is is going to be the Colts.
1: Yeah, I feel like they have a bunch of playmakers defensively. You talk about their uh, their defense. And then they have Jonathan Taylor, who right now, him and Cooper Cup are the main Offensive Player of the Year contenders. Uh Cooper Cup wasn't very effective last week, so I don't know about that, but uh, I just feel like Jonathan Taylor, he's young, he's not getting injured, he's, he's just running all over teams, and if need be, Carson Wentz, you could have a worse quarterback, so Carson Wentz is still solid, overall, the receivers and tight ends, not great, but Jonathan Taylor in that defense, I think can carry them to the playoffs.
0: Well, I mean, you know, I feel that most coaches would agree that one of the, you know, best winning recipes in the NFL is to play great defense and be able to effectively run the football. The Colts have a good defense, a defense that'll be able to, you know, stand up to a lot of these teams, and has, so far this season, held their own, and they can run the ball. You know, they have a playmaker with Pittman on the outside, T.Y., who's been, you know, in and out of the lineup, Um, if they get him back, they'll have, uh, you know, effective 1-2 wide receiving core. And then it's about Wentz and his effectiveness and whether or not he stays healthy. But I do feel the Colts are probably poised, and it seems that we agree the Colts are probably poised to be the team on the bubble right now, unless my Dolphins decide to (laughs) run the table, which, you know, as a Dolphins fan, we can basically say right now we know that's not going to happen. So what do you say we jump over now to the NFC? And um, our bubble teams in the NFC right now are the Vikings, the Vikings, at four and five, Niners at four and five, Eagles at four and six, Falcons who I feel we can write off, and then the Washington football team, um, you know, is is has a very very outside chance right now, sitting at at three and six. So give me your thoughts on the um, bubble teams for the NFC.
1: Out of those bubble teams, I feel like the Vikings. I think they're definitely going to push for the playoffs. I just love their offense so much. You have Kirk Cousins who is pretty underrated. He's not a star QB, but he's a very, very good QB. They got Dalvin Cook, obviously went healthy. One of the best running backs in the NFL. They have Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and their defense is not bad. Their defense is solid, I feel like. So I think they can definitely push it, just with their offense alone.
0: Well, something that I was going to bring up in the AFC picture when we were talking, but I feel it's, it's more prevalent in the NFC picture, is Sometimes it's not even about the teams on the outside. It's about can the teams on the inside hold their spots. And when we look at right now the seven teams that are in the uh, the NFC playoff picture, you know, rounding out five through seven, we're looking at the Rams, who the last couple weeks have not looked good at all. The Saints, who after suffering, you know, Jameis Winston suffering his season-ending injury have been a very shaky team, and now Kamara Hurt, although Ingram stepped in and, and played very well, and then sitting at seven is the Carolina Panthers. So not only is it about these teams on the bubble, but can the Rams, Saints, and Panthers hold off the surge? Now, we can make an argument that the Vikings should maybe even be undefeated with the way that their five losses have gone. Um, the Niners have seemed to figure out how to establish you know, uh, a very effective running game, which I think many people thought they were going to that's how they were going to play to start the season, but they do seem to be moving in the right direction, and the Eagles right now at four and six are a very feisty team, um, a little inconsistent with their play, but they do have a great matchup this week against the Saints, so that right there is going to have a huge impact on the NFC uh, playoff picture, I mean, we still have a ways to go, but I think right now where it stands, the Vikings are the team, in my opinion, that are moving in the right direction. Um, they have an established, you know, and consistent coaching staff and philosophy. Uh, a quarterback who has, you know, now been in that system for quite some time. Consistent playmakers with Jefferson and Thielen on the outside. Dalvin Cook, if he can stay healthy. So they have all the pieces right now to put it together and, and be able to make a run. And they've been in this position before. They've made the playoffs, you know, before. They're not a, an up and coming team, so you know, kind of how to handle themselves, how to get through, you know, the grind of a of a long season, and, and uh, you know when when to make their push.
1: Yeah, I feel like out of those wild-card teams, I feel like you could make an argument that only the Rams will hold on to their spot. So without Jameis Winston and with Kamara's injury issues, the Saints just don't really have any big-time playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. And then the Panthers, I mean, Cam Newton looked great last week. He threw for a touchdown. He ran for a touchdown. He yelled, I'm back. Uh, it will be interesting to see how effective he plays. Because if he plays like he did the last time he was in Carolina when he was in his prime, then they definitely can hold on that spot. But I just don't know if I really think he'll be a consistent QB. And then if McCaffrey stays healthy they obviously have a good chance, but McCaffrey always gets injured. He probably will again.
0: Well, Carolina seems to be prepared to go with a uh, two-quarterback or a two-headed quarterback system there uh, with, with um, you know splitting the reps. But to double back and look at the Ram schedule where you're saying you're not sure if they're going to be able to hold on or not. They obviously have a bye this week, but then they come out of the bye and they play the Packers, which would be a tough game. The Jags, which we assume should be a win. Then they play the Cardinals, which by then you should have D hop and uh, Kyler back in the lineup. Seattle after that, Minnesota, Baltimore, and then they finish with San Francisco. So not an easy schedule um, for them by any stretch. Looking at the um, the Vikings, and you know where they're at, kind of on their you know with this starting with this week, they uh, they play the Packers. So that's a huge game. Then they go and play San Francisco. So two tough in a row. Then they play the Lions, arguably the worst team, and if it's arguably worst team in the NFL, Pittsburgh, Chicago, Rams, Packers again, and then they finish with Chicago. So I like. Their schedule a little better than the Rams, but not easy by any stretch. So, it you know, it's apparent that some of these teams are going to have to step up and, and win some big games, which obviously is what would make them a playoff team. Yeah. So let's go on record right now. Our hot takes. Which bubble team are you putting in the playoffs in the AFC? In the AFC? And which team right now in the AFC... Titans, Bills, Ravens, Chiefs, Patriots, Steelers, Chargers. Who's given up that spot?
1: I feel like the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to give up their spot to the Cincinnati Bengals. I mentioned the Browns earlier, but the Bengals, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, T. Higgins, their offense is explosive. Explosive. Their defense isn't great, but it's not, it's not awful. It's It's. It's okay. And I just feel like that explosive offense will carry them over the Steelers, who have Najee Harris. They obviously have Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool. I do not like their QBing situation because they have Big Ben, Mason Rudolph, who looked pretty terrible last week, Dwayne Haskins. And then defensively, TJ Watts missing this week. He has an injury. You don't know when he'll come back. I think that probably depends on if they'll make the playoffs or not, because he's such a great player. I just feel like the Bengals are much more explosive, and when they really need a big play, they can get it, and I don't think the Steelers can do that.
0: All right, well, I have a hot take for you. So I'm going to have the Steelers and the Chargers fall out and forfeit their spots. I agree with you. I am putting the Bengals in, and then, because I have to do something for my team, I'm actually going to put the Dolphins in, and I'm going to tell you (laughs) why right now. So the Dolphins, first of all, the way that they played um, against the Ravens on Thursday Night Football last week was the way that we thought they were going to play. Inspired defense and to be able to effectively manage the game from an offensive standpoint. The Dolphins right now are not a team. I mean, they don't throw the ball further than seven yards down the field. They are not a team that are built to put up a lot of points right now. But they do play inspired defense and, you know, control the ball from an offensive standpoint. Make smart plays. Don't turn it over. But they start with the Jets this week. Then they play the Panthers. Then they play the Giants. All winnable games. Back to the Jets again. Another winnable game. The Saints. Another winnable game. Then they play the Titans, who could be their loss. But by that point in time, at this, and they're going to Tennessee, at that point in time, they may have ahead of steam. And the Titans, on Week 17 depends on where they're at might have not much to play for and then they do finish the Patriots who they already beat once this year and in week 18 we'd have to see where the Patriots are as well if they're resting players um, and if they're already in playoff picture so I am gonna that's my hot take Miami Dolphins are gonna shock the world and grab it that last playoff spot so with that said let's jump over because we can't get to the playoffs unless we play week 11 And let's run through our Week 11 picks, starting with the Saints and the Eagles. Right now, the Saints are getting a point and a half. Who do you have in this one? I'm going to pick the
1: Eagles. Uh, This isn't a super exciting game. I mean, the Saints are obviously, Jameis is out for the year. Not sure if Kamara's going to play. And then the Eagles, Miles Sanders is still injured, but Jalen Hurts. I mean, they're they got uh, yeah, they got Darius Slay, Darius Slay Jr. had an amazing pick six last week, which uh, that was a great play, and I just feel like they're they're coming up, they're playing scrappy, and I think that'll be enough to win this game against New Orleans.
0: Okay, I'm gonna disagree. Short and sweet, I'm going with the Saints. I like their run defense. I think that if the Eagles cannot run the ball. On the Saints, it's going to be very hard for Hurts to just sit back there and win the game with his arm. I do like him. Um, I think he's he does have a future as Eagles quarterback, but uh, I think the Saints are going to win that game. Next, we move to the Dolphins and the Jets. Obviously, I am taking the Dolphins. Where are you with this? Hmm.
1: This is an interesting game because your speech about the Dolphins really inspired me to think <laughs> differently about the team, but I'm still going to pick the Jets. I feel like the Jets, they have Corey Davis, who's a playmaker. Mike White, well, actually, didn't they say Joe Flacco's going to start? Joe so, actually, I'm going to pick the Dolphins. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mike yeah. White threw four like four picks last week. Yeah. Uh, I still think he's better than Joe Flacco by a, a, a solid margin. Yeah. And because of that, I'm going to pick the Dolphins.
0: <laughs> All right. The Ron Rivera game. Carolina Panthers at the Washington football team. We're going to have P.J. Walker and Cam Newton probably splitting reps again at Q. And um, Josh Allen, Washington's defense right now, which is really beaten up. Who do you like in this one?
1: I like Carolina. I think Cam Newton showed last week that he's still a quality starting quarterback. I think right now, while it might be a platoon I think in this game, Cam Newton will show that he's the clear starter. And CMC's healthy. CMC plays. It's kind of over for Washington because as good as their run defense is, that's when healthy the best running back in football that they have to play. And DJ Moore's good. Their defense is okay. It's Washington's offense isn't anything special. So Taylor Heineke, I like him, but I'm picking Carolina.
0: I said Josh Allen before. He's obviously on Jaguars if we're looking at defense or offense. The Bills, uh, Jonathan Allen right now is who's leading Washington's defense um, with Chase Young and Montez Sweat both out. Um, I'm going to go with the Panthers as well. Uh, Not because I feel that uh, Cam and P.J. Walker are going to set the world on fire but that this game right now will run through uh, Carolina's uh, running game. And McCaffrey, I think, is the best offensive player on that field. So I think he will be a huge difference maker. And I think Carolina sneaks out of there with a win. Um, but I do think it's going to be a very good game. Actually, a very good game to watch. The Bills and Colts. Uh, the
1: Colts, Jonathan Taylor, we talked about him earlier. They match up well against the Bills. I don't think they're beating the Bills. The Bills have an all-around team. They can beat you in every single part of the game. They had that rough loss against Jacksonville two weeks ago. They came back and blew out the Jets. It was a super boring game. It was just all Bills, all Bills. Mm -hmm. I feel like they're going to come back, and as good as the Colts are playing, I don't think, even though their defense is amazing, I don't think they can stop Josh Allen. And the Bills' defense might have one of the best shots out of the players that have played out of out of the teams that have played Jonathan Taylor so far to stop him
0: or at least contain him. It's a big test for Carson Wentz. Um, and the Colts last year with Philip Rivers gave the Bills all they could handle in the playoffs, um, and they do match up very well. They're you know the Colts' defense is is built to slow down an offense uh, like the Bills. And it's a you know, it's a huge game for them, but I don't see the Colts winning this one. I think that the Bills really need to uh, reestablish their dominance in the AFC that loss to the Jags, I still think hovers over coming back and rebounding against the Jets. You know, you can only play the team that's in front of you and they beat them decisively, which, you know, in the NFL where everybody is paid and are all grown men and all trained professionals, you know, it's it's not easy to, to beat a team any team. Like that, but still, um, the Jets are the Jets, and I think this matchup right now is where the Bills need to, you know, show up and reestablish themselves as a top AFC Super Bowl contender. From there, we have the Browns limping in to Detroit. The Browns looking like they're going to get Nick Chubb back off the COVID reserve list, uh, playing the Lions, who now are going to be starting Tim Boyle at quarterback. So, who do you like in this one?
1: Well. There's a pretty obvious answer here, which is Cleveland, but I'm picking Detroit. Every time we've done this, I've picked Detroit. Detroit played they played a very good three quarters against (laughs) Pittsburgh, and then in the fourth quarter in overtime, everything fell apart. Fumbling, missing field goals. It was crazy. (laughs) But they competed with a very good team for three quarters, and because of that, Cleveland's missing a lot of players. Uh... Miles Garrett was kind of a non-factor against the Patriots last week. I think that Detroit's going to shut him down, and I think they're going to win a low-scoring game.
0: Now, not that Jared Goff would scare anybody, but um, last week against the Steelers, Detroit went with an extremely run-heavy offense. Um, I mean, way, way more uh, running and focus on running mm-hmm. than, than passing. Now, The reason I mentioned Jared Goff is because, you know, as a starting NFL quarterback with some experience um, where Tim Boyle now coming in, is he going to command any respect where the Browns, who were kind of blown off the ball last week by New England, and New England ran at will on the Browns, um, will the Browns have any respect for Boyle, and keep players back, or will they stack the box and say we're not going to let Swift beat us, and you're going to have to beat us, you know, down the field? I think if the Browns do that, uh, I just don't see the Lions um, coming out of this with, with a victory. Although I think you know everybody is rooting for the Lions. However, it looks like Baker Mayfield's going to play, and um, how how he does with with the amount of injuries that are racking up for him is is commendable and and also something to kind of root for. So. Um rooting for the Browns in this one, and I do feel that the Browns are gonna are gonna escape with a win. Niners and Jags. For this game,
1: the Niners come off a uh like a breathtaking win against the Rams. A statement win. And uh the Jaguars are the Jaguars. I mean, there's not much to say about them. They beat the Bills. A few weeks ago, Josh Allen looks amazing. Not the Bills quarterback, the Jaguars' defensive player. He looks like he's a great up-and-coming player. I just don't think they're good enough to beat the Niners, who just have a well-rounded offense. Elijah Moore's running the ball. Phenomenal. Their defense is starting to play good again, which you'd like to see. I'm picking the Niners.
0: I'm going to mix it up, and I'm going to pick the Jags. Um, although, there's not much conventional wisdom around uh, picking the Jags over the Niners. The Jags' offense has been has been abysmal. And really, at certain points, it's been, you know, can Trevor Lawrence actually survive inside this offense? Um, but the Jags' defense, and like you said, led by Josh Allen, has been playing absolutely lights out. And I do feel that they're playing inspired right now, that defense... And if they can slow down the Niners' running game, then it really becomes can Garoppolo make enough plays to win the game? And I'm going to say that ja- the Jaguars are going to get out of there with a victory. I think that they're, they're off, their defense is capable of, of maybe actually generating some points, and could, could uh, get some points off turnovers, and are going to get out of there with a win. Alright, so now we go to Tennessee and Texas. Or the Texans, I should say.
1: For this game, once again, it's a Pretty lopsided game. The Titans obviously are without Derrick Henry. Uh but I still feel like they'll be able to beat the Texans. I feel like Ryan Tannehill with Derrick Henry only made throws when he needed to. I feel like now he's gonna have to show he can be a quarterback and not a guy who just stands there and hands the ball off. And uh obviously AJ Brown's a good weapon. I feel like it's not gonna be a high scoring game. I think that Tennessee is going to win
0: it. Yeah, Tennessee is going to win. <laughs> I mean, uh, Texans have uh, Terod Taylor back um, healthy, so that'll at least, for the most part, I think keep the game uh, competitive and close, and you know allow the Texans to actually put together some drives. Um, however, I think that right now uh, Tennessee is playing very good defense, and even without Derrick Henry. Uh, They're still effectively moving the ball on the ground enough to open up the passing game. So, I'm taking Tennessee as well. We have the Packers and the Vikings. In this game, we were talking about the Vikings,
1: but they are playing the Packers. The Packers, obviously, they have all the offensive weapons. Their defense is good. But I'm going to pick Minnesota. We were talking about them. Their offense, I feel like their offense can score on Green Bay, and their defense is going to need to come and show up, and I think they will against Green Bay, shut them down, and win this game.
0: If there was a game to kind of catch Green Bay off guard, um, it would be be this one, traveling to Minnesota. Uh, I do think, though, that with Aaron Rodgers being out, and coming back, although he is playing right now with a toe injury, which I think is, uh, he said is is giving him some trouble, and I think he's been held out of practice. Um, I think that right now the Packers, though, are uh, looking to to make a statement and are going to show up ready to play. Uh, They're going to have their offense back with Aaron Rodgers coming back last week and everything looking a little rusty. I think that this week things start to click, and it's a close one, but I have the Packers uh, winning. Okay, so next we have the Baltimore Ravens traveling to Chicago to take on the Bears. Who do you like?
1: I love Lamar Jackson. I think he is the third best quarterback in the league, besides Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. And I feel like even though the Chicago defense is good, I feel like they're going to get some big plays on the ground with their running backs, with Lamar rushing it, and then that's going to open it up for Lamar to get some big plays with his arm. I think their defense is going to play some great defense against this interesting Chicago offense, and I think they win in a blowout.
0: Alright, well, I want to pick the Bears. I really do. But I'm going to pick the Ravens as well. Even though the uh, Ravens' secondary does have some holes in it, and teams have been able to pass on the Ravens, including my Dolphins, um, I think that the Ravens get it right. I think they start to sort out some of their defensive issues, and they win this one in a close one. Seven points. We have the Raiders and the Bengals.
1: You were talking about the Bengals earlier, their explosive offense, and the Raiders offense really revolves around Darren Waller. I feel like the Bengals are much a much better football team, so I'm going to pick them. I think it'll be somewhat close. I think the Bengals win by 10.
0: This is one of those games that you don't really want to touch. It's like two teams that right now have not been playing well and are, are heading in the wrong direction. A lot of Hype and expectations around him, so it's almost like a get. It's going to be a get-right game for one of these two. The fact that the Bengals are at home, um, I like that. Coming off a bye, a chance to you know kind of get healthy um, and sort out some problems, I like that too. Um, but not not a fun game here to pick. Don't have a great feel for this, but since I do feel the Bengals are going to are going to be the bubble one of the bubble teams to get in, they have to win this game. So I'm picking the Bengals. That brings us to Arizona taking on Seattle.
1: Arizona has been banged up the last two weeks, obviously without Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. They did not play well last week. This week going against Seattle, uh, they're both questionable, I believe. But if they do play, I think they win against Seattle just because both of them are such great talents. Their defense is good. Seattle hasn't looked. They only had one game with Russell Wilson back, and that was last week. And I don't think this is the game they're going to get right on. But if neither of them play, or, or if only DeAndre Hopkins plays, if Kyler Murray doesn't play, I think Seattle wins this one just because the Cardinals' offense wouldn't have enough firepower to score.
0: Seattle right now is not a good team. Russell Wilson didn't look healthy at all last week. Didn't play well. Now, I mean, he was out for a while, so we'll see how things look this week. But even though Seattle isn't a great team, right now they're not an easy out. They're still a tough team. They're not an easy team to beat. Uh, Kyle Murray's going to be a game-time decision, but I do think even without Kyler Murray right now, and uh, DeAndre Hopkins is, has already been ruled out for the game, I do think the Cardinals are going to win. Um, tough place to play up in Seattle right now, but um, I'm going to pick the Cardinals as well. We have the Cowboys and the Chiefs. This is an
1: interesting game because the Chiefs have not played good all season Except for last week. Last week, they looked like the Chiefs, which went to two straight Super Bowls. Patrick Mahomes looked like the consensus best player in football he was for so long. Against Dallas, who is playing good. They got a good defense. They got a good offense. But I'm still picking
0: the Chiefs. I think they're going to keep the momentum going. I'm going to pick the Cowboys. Short and sweet, I think the Cowboys right now are playing fantastic. Uh, I think they're playing inspired football. Um, they have a great passing attack led by Dak with CD and Amari. Um, great running game with, uh, you know, led by, by Elliott. And the, the Chiefs right now, I mean, we still don't know what we have with them. I'm not picking the Chiefs to uh, collapse by any point. As I said, I will not pick against the Chiefs until they're actually no longer in it. But in this particular game right now, I like the Cowboys. So I think the Cowboys are going to walk away. are going to walk into Arrowhead and get a victory against the Chiefs. We then have the Chargers and the Steelers. This game would be a lot more interesting if T.J.
1: Watt was going to play, but he is not playing, and for that reason, I think the Chargers win in the not particularly close one.
0: This hopefully is a get-right game for Justin Herbert, who has had a couple rough outings in a row. So the Chargers really need this one. I do think that they go in there and they beat up on the Steelers. Now, the Steelers uh, what will what'll factor in mostly for them is their ability to run the football. Will they be able to move the ball on the ground? But I don't see Roethlisberger beating anybody through the air anymore. So I like the Chargers. And then our final game of Week 11 will be Monday Night Football, the Bucks and the Giants. Who do you like in this one?
1: Well, I like the Bucks. The Bucks have been looking a bit shaky this season after coming off their Super Bowl. But last year in the regular season, they weren't totally dominant either. They came into the playoffs as the underdogs and showed everyone why they were the best team in football. I don't know if they're the best team in football this year, but if not, they're very close. I trust Tom Brady, and the Giants aren't that good. So I'm picking the Bucs.
0: <laughs> I'm actually going to shock the world and pick the Giants in this one. The Giants' defense has been playing very, very scrappy. The Bucks have not been playing all that fantastic. And uh, the Giants getting back Galladay and Kadarius Toney, hopefully both fully healthy. I think that's going to make that offense a lot more explosive. And we don't know where we stand right now with Saquon, but the Giants are still moving the ball on the ground as well with Booker. So Daniel Jones has been playing better and hasn't been turning the ball over as much, especially with the fumbles. So I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say since this game is in New Jersey, I'm picking the Giants. So that'll wrap us up for Week 11. I know that uh, last podcast we ended up picking during the week of massive upsets Mm -hmm. So anybody out there, please take what we say with a grain of salt. (laughs) But um, moving on now, let's move on to Major League Baseball. And you put together an impressive list of who you consider to be the top 50 hitters currently right now in Major League Baseball. And since we're not going to go through all top 50, we'll have a link up if you want to see Zach's top 50 that you can download or view. But we're going to talk mainly about the top 25. So why don't you walk me through... Year twenty five players best hitters right now in major league baseball.
1: At twenty five I have Tim Anderson. Then at twenty four I have Brandon Lau who actually hit thirty nine home runs last year. Twenty three I have Jose Abreu. Twenty two Jordan Alvarez. Twenty one Pete Alonso. At twenty we have Bo Bichette, who had a phenomenal season. Carlos Correos at nineteen. At eighteen I have Jose Ramirez. Seventeen Trey Turner. 16, Austin Riley, World, World Series champ. 15, Marcus Semyon, free agent uh, MVP finalist this year. At 14, I have Matt Olson. At 13, I have Salvador Perez, who I think should have won the MVP. He wasn't even a finalist. At 12, Rafael Devers. At 11, Mookie Betts. At 10, Xander Bogarts. At 9, Bryce Harper, the NL MVP. At 8, Aaron Judge. Seven, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Six, Fernando Tatis. Five, Ronald Acuna, who in his last full season hit 41 home runs with 101 RBIs and 37 stolen bases. At four, Shohei Otani, the AL MVP, who did deserve it. I think Salvador deserved it a bit more, but he had an amazing season on the mound and at the plate. This is just his hitting skills at four. He hit 46 home runs this year. That's really all you need to say. At three, I have Juan Soto, who this year hit 313 with 29 home runs, 95 RBIs, and a 999 OPS. And that was mostly all in the second half because he had a terrible first half. And then at two, Freddie Freeman, World Series champ. Played amazing during the regular season. Played great in the postseason. Insanely consistent when you need to get a hit. That's the guy you wanted to play. At number one, who's been the best player in baseball for a while, Mike Trout. His last full season, he hit forty-five home runs, one hundred four RBIs, a one point oh eight three OPS, and two ninety-one average. All
0: right, so I want to I want to jump into a few things here. Um, first, talk to me about Betts and Trey Turner. I feel that they are a little bit low in your ranking. So talk to me about where uh, why they landed where they did, and also uh, Guriel. Who uh I was privy to know has, you know, is is not didn't crack your list, I believe. Um, so talk to me about about these three players and um why Gurriel didn't get onto your list at all and where Betts and Turner landed, as I feel that they each both of those should be in the top ten.
1: So for Yuli Gurriel, mostly the reason he's not in the top fifty is I do not like the Astros. Just in general. Most so of the Astros bias in you notice on this bias. list. Are a bit low. It's somewhat biased towards the Astros. Like Kyle Tucker's at forty, that might be a bit low for him. But Yuli Gurriel, there's just a bunch of players. He had a great year. He led the AL in average. I I think next year he definitely will not lead the AL in average. And then for uh, Trey Turner, he had an amazing year. He had three twenty eight. He had twenty eight home runs, seventy seven RBIs, thirty two stolen bases with a nine eleven OPS. I just feel like every player over him, I'd rather have on my team. In He impacts the game in every way. But, like, the players of him impact the game amazing in a certain way. And they do it great. I feel like Trey Turner, between the whole top 25, except for probably Tim Anderson, could be argued that they should move up. There's just so much talent. I feel like Trey Turner, that's the good spot for him. And then Mookie Betts is at 11. I thought I was being a bit generous because, as a Red Sox fan, I love Mookie Betts. Because Mookie Betts, in 2018... This is mostly wise here. He hit 346 with 32 home runs, 80 RBIs, 129 runs, 30 stolen bases, in a 1.078 OPS. Insane, insane statistics. Obviously, won the MVP and a championship that year. But since then, he had an okay 2019 season. In 2020, his first year with the Dodgers, he played amazing, but it was only it was a shortened season, so we don't know how he would have played over a full season. And this year. He had a good year, but not a great year, not a year that would put him in the top 10. So he's at 11 based on how we know he can play. If it was based off this year, he would be much lower down on the list.
0: Okay, so basically, one of the things that I find interesting is, are we working, and I feel this is also impacts, you know, the lens in which sometimes we view players and and even look at, you know, sports. Are we talking purely statistics? Or are we talking also about a body of work that commands respect? So we're looking at the top 25 hitters to step into a batter's box next year. Are we looking at that from a statistical standpoint? Or, for example, if we are asking the average, you know, uh, collective average of Major League Baseball pitchers, which 25 hitters would you least like to face? Because sometimes I feel that they can be different things. Um, Statistics – versus a body of work and and respect. If you were looking at it from a perspective of who would Major League Baseball's, you know, best pitchers say are their toughest outs, would there be anybody else that might shift around on your list?
1: Well, it's probably a mix of both, because statistics obviously matter. Because if I'm a player who's widely feared by MLB pitchers, like let's say John Carlos Stanton, and I come up and like him, a lot of times I strike out. And my statistics, obviously, these statistics are good, but my statistics aren't that good, and I'm, res- and I'm like, feared by the pitchers. That doesn't should put me up there, only if it, it's a mix of both. Like, if I was a pitcher, I'd rather face Tim Anderson than John Carlos standing, who's farther down on the list. But Tim Anderson's a better player, because the way he impacts the game in many ways, and his statistics are better.
0: Okay. Well... Let's put a bow on today's podcast and move on to our final topic, the NBA. And inside the NBA, you are going to touch on who you feel some of your early season surprises have been. So what do you got for me?
1: I'm going to start with two Magic players, Cole Anthony and Mo Bamba. Cole Anthony was out of high school One of the top players in the country, I believe he was the top point guard in the country, ahead of LaMelo Ball. I'm not sure if that's an exact statistic there the same year, but I believe they were. And then he went to UNC, was injured, and just didn't play that great when he played at UNC. That team was terrible that year, there was really nothing he could do. And then he came into his rookie season, was okay on a terrible Magic team, extremely inconsistent. Summer League this year. In Summer League, this player who was the 15th pick, right? A solid player. He played terrible. He averaged like under 10 points a game on terrible efficiency. And everyone was starting to write him off. Then he came in this year, and these are statistics, all of my statistics, going into the games yesterday. And put up, this year he's averaging 19.9 points per game, 6.9 rebounds per game, and 5.7 assists per game. Those are great scoring statistics. His efficiency's up, too. And for a point guard, seven rebounds a game is good. Obviously, if he was on a better team than the Magic, he wouldn't be putting up these statistics. But he's showing that he's a very good player who definitely has a future in the league. And then Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba was drafted very high in the 2018 draft class. And because they had Nikola Vucevic, he just didn't really have the opportunity to show how good he was and what he. Was given the opportunity. He wasn't amazing. And they traded Vucevic. They got back Wendell Carter. But Wendell Carter's not Vucevic. This year it's been freed up for Mobamba to be the starting guy. And Zavar, he's put up 11 points per game, which isn't great, but it's a great improvement. 9.5 rebounds per game and 2.2 blocks per game. He's a defensive anchor and he's going to get you rebounds. And, that's, and he can stretch the floor. That's really all you need out of your center. He's not a star, but he's a really, really good player. And then another player is DeJounte Murray from the Spurs. DeJounte Murray was mostly known as a defensive stopper so far in his NBA career. Not many people know that much about him because he plays for the Spurs who aren't that interesting. But so far this year, he's putting up 18.9 points per game, which is obviously the best of his career. 8.1 rebounds per game, 8.1 assists per game, and 2.1 steals per game. Those are He's kind of close to a triple-double. He's getting near 20 points a game, and he's getting over two steals a game. That's an insane impact on the game. I think right now, if the All-Star game was today, he would be definitely in the game. Okay.
0: I'm going to pick the uh, the chalk here, or maybe even Captain Obvious in some ways. Um, I think some of my biggest surprises have been Paul George. I think he's been playing fantastic, especially with Kawhi out, and have has been holding that down. And uh, DeMar Rosen, you know, really helping uh, Chicago form that identity. And uh, with 26.6 points a game, has been, uh, has been doing uh, an incredible job. Which teams right now that um, I hesitate to call them bubble teams, but which teams right now that would be outside the playoff picture are teams that you feel um, are going to get things right?
1: Well, this is kind of cheating the system, but as of now, the Milwaukee Bucks are not in the playoffs. And I think they will easily make the playoffs without a worry. They haven't been totally healthy so far. First game of the season, Drew Holiday gets injured. He's getting ready to come back. Chris Middleton gets injured. They're only now starting to get fully healthy. Obviously, Dante DiVincenzo still hasn't played. Once they're fully healthy, maybe they won't win the championship again, but Giannis is still playing great. I feel like they'll definitely be fine.
0: Which team has a tougher time turning things around, the Bucks or the Lakers?
1: Probably the Lakers. I just feel like chemistry-wise, that team doesn't fit. Because talent-wise, even last year, they have the most talent in the league. They have more talent than Brooklyn, if you don't count Kyrie Irving, because I'm not, because he doesn't play. Uh, Just the Russell Westbrook trade, they could have had Russell Westbrook or Buddy Heald. Looks like they should have picked Buddy Heald. Russell, Russell Westbrook's statistics do look good, like they always do. Not as good as they have in past years. But he's a statistic-based player. He doesn't fit with the team. He's not really leading them to wins.
0: And I feel like they should have picked Buddy Heald. I'm going to say the Hawks are a team that um, are going to turn things around. And, uh, and, so, and also the Celtics. Uh, but they've been, they've been you know, moving in the right direction uh, you know, as of recent. But still, um, I like the Hawks and Celtics to move in the right direction. Any final thoughts on the NBA for us, my friend? Yeah, I do want to point out how, not poorly, but how
1: unlike Damian Lillard, he's been playing this season. Because he is averaging 20.4 points per game, but he's shooting 38.4 from the field, and he's shooting 28.3 from the three-point line. This is one of the best shooters in the league, considered one of the better shooters of all time, who suddenly just can't make a shot.
0: Final question for you. Hot take. Who got the better of the Westbrook trade? The Wizards? Or the Lakers? I think the Wizards did. Because Russell Westbrook is still...
1: they. The Lakers got the better package overall if you're not looking at team fit. But Russell Westbrook doesn't fit for, with the team. And the Wizards had no use for him. They got back Kyle Kuzma, who has been playing better. Not like the player who was considered better than Jason Tatum a few years ago. But he's been playing better than he did in Los Angeles. Montrez Harrell is playing great basketball. And uh, overall, I just feel like they're starting to rebuild. They changed the locker room, and they're going up while the Lakers are going down.
0: All right. Well, another week for us in the books. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. Go out and buy your Dolphins Super Bowl tickets now, because you heard it here first. You also heard that Paul George, well, I'm just going to tell him everything that, that I said. But, my friend, your top 50 list is a must-see. Please check out the link that'll be below in the description that'll have uh, Zach's full top 50 hits, uh, best hitters in Major League Baseball. Feel free to make some comments, let Zach know where you agree or disagree with his choices. Thank you so much for watching, and until next time, this is Zach and EJ saying, see you later.